Welcome back, folks, to the Ronin Rabbit Teusagi Ojimbo Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Keep in mind, there are going to be spoilers this episode. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L on Twitter. That's the fastest way. The Usagi Ojimbo fan page allows me to post the episodes there when they go live. They go live based on posting the bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit website, where you can also leave comments. And the email address is usagipodcast at gmail.com. Story we're looking at is Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Number 50 from Dark Horse Comics, covered data July 2001. The story is entitled The Shrouded Moon Part 1. Now, this has been reprinted in the Usagi Ojimbo Book 16, The Shrouded Moon trade paperback, and the Usagi Ojimbo Saga Book 3 itself. Creators are Stan Sakai for script, pencils, ink, and letters with Tom Luth doing colors on the cover. Speaking of which, the cover, we see Genesuke and Usagi having uh, survived, I guess, although survived is kind of questionable, a battle around a bottle, a bottle, excuse me, a bunch of barrels full of water, swords sticking out of several of the barrels. Genesuke is standing, his scabbard in one hand, his katana in the other. On the ground is a just a, a, an arm trailing off page, holding a sword that is bloodied at the tip. And we see why, because center ground is Usagi Ojimbo, lying on his back in a pool of what would we would presume is his own blood, with a wound center mass. So apparently this fight, he lost. Now I can say that this scene does not occur in this first issue of The Shrouded Moon. Hopefully it doesn't occur the second issue, the second part of the story, because that would be a very difficult wound to recover from, I think. Now, our story opens up at uh, 100, 150 feet above a village. We see the main thoroughfare and all the individuals, some kids playing. We see somebody approaching through a alleyway here. Performers, pilgrims, regular people, somebody on a horse, a tokage, vendors. Uh, here's another tokage just laying, chilling on one of the roofs here. Cool little scene. A lot of time, I think, spent drawing all these little figures. There's probably 60, 70 people on that on that scene there. So that's cool. Next page is five panels, a crowd scene. We see in the distance uh, no one, actually. And then we see a young lady that we're going to focus on as she gets closer and closer. Passes by somebody who is walking away from the camera. And as she walks past the camera the last thing we see is her with a little grin on her face looking past us the camera but in the background the person that she passed has turned to pay attention to her the next several panels are lord sohaku realizing that his talisman has been stolen and he indicates that that woman there is the one who stole it and he tells his idiot retainers to go get her so the chase is on and here comes pride up the bat stretch heartache coming to the inside no sorry uh she's running one of the vendors offers her an umbrella which she quickly takes this young lady uh, not paying for it, runs by a chestnut salesman and knocks over his bins of chestnuts into the road, much like marbles when they're thrown out. The people chasing her slip and fall on the chestnuts, allowing her to get away. And when they are able to regain their feet and catch up with the person with the, with the young lady with the umbrella, they turn around and it's not her. 
So the young lady we will find out here shortly, although actually the next page we see who it is. Her name is Kitsune. She's a friend of Usagi, an acquaintance of uh, Genesuke's, who are also in the in the story here. I guess I didn't go into that, did I? The dramatis personae are Miyamoto Usagi, Kitsune, and Murakami Genesuke. The bad guys are Boss Sohaku and Chobai. So here we see Kitsune. She um, takes an umbrella, although I guess she didn't give her umbrella away. I thought she gave it away, but it was just someone else had an umbrella. So she has hers. Squats here over in the in a corner somewhere behind some barrels to see what she's gotten and looks at it. Sees it's a small ivory crab. Says it doesn't look like much. It's a pretty cheap looking trinket. Well, it's what I was hired to steal, so I guess it's worth what I'm getting paid. And she pops up the umbrella and shoulders it and heads out on her way. A little bit later here in the village, we see Usagi and Gen approaching down a, a thoroughfare that now is rather empty because everything Kitsune was doing is kind of full of people, including that initial crowd scene, like I say, 50 or 60 people on the main thoroughfare. So I don't know if uh, if our warrior duo here is approaching in a side street or what it is, but it's completely empty except for the two of them. They're kind of setting the stage, talking about how it's getting cooler, it's approaching winter, that there is a shroud-covered moon out tonight, or a borozuki. Uh, they indicate that it is getting dark or it is darker. So this is after um, Kitsune's travails here, and that's why, now that I read it, the crowd has thinned out, because it's at night, less less traffic. So they decide, uh, Usagi and Gen, that they want to find a place to hole up, to warm up, and for Gen to get some sake. Once again, they run into Kitsune as she is running to evade the boss's men that have caught up with her. She realizes Usagi and Gen, who they are, and hides behind them. They step out in front to protect her. A battle ensues in which they uh, dispatch a couple of the guys. I don't know. I guess they kill them. We see here a little bit, a couple panels later, that they indicate that they need to go on because standing around a couple dead people in the street is, is bad news. So one of them, one of the thugs after Kitsune gets away, so you know he's going to go back and probably tell the boss. Meanwhile, Kitsune says, uh, first, hey, you know, what's up, guys? Long time no see. And then she says she's got a place here nearby. Let's all go retire there. It's been about, she makes mention, it's been about a year since I last saw you, Usagi. So a year... But it's been like five to six years of publishing time since the last time we saw Kitsune, I believe. I believe the time that she references here is about 96, and this book was published that I'm looking at in 2001. So five or six years, roughly, since we last saw her publishing time. So they do a little bit of catching up. Uh, she tells them what she was up to, why she was, quote-unquote, in trouble, Although she doesn't, of course, tell him the full truth. Um, Kitsune is a lot like Black Widow uh, of the Avengers on the Marvel and on uh, What If cartoon in the movie. She, she knows always a lot more than she lets on and only speaks what she needs to to accomplish whatever, to get the point across or to get whoever's talking to her off her back or to change the subject. Or, but it's always just enough, nothing more, and certainly never all of it. We cut to Boss Sohaku's um, house here, I guess is what it's going to be, as Chobai comes in and is wanting to talk business with him because that's they run the rackets in the town, and 
the boss is like, no, I've I've lost my lucky talisman. You know, have you found it? And he's like, why? Well, I don't have any news of that. It wasn't me that you sent after it. I'm I'm sure you know they'll report back when they have news. But in the meantime, let's talk. And he's like, no, no. Boss is like, no. The only thing I want to talk about is finding my lucky talisman because I have to have it. Do you have information about it? No. Well, then go and leave me alone. Right after that, the dude that does have information comes in, gives him the bad news that it's not been found and that they lost the woman who stole it. So double whammy there. And the boss just goes ape poo all over both of them and basically kicks them both out and tells them not to come back until they have found his uh, good luck charm. And he says he's going to burn some candles and incense, uh, which is funny because just prior to that, in their conversation about the town's boss, Kitsune indicated that that was one of his favorite pastimes. He was very superstitious and he liked to burn a lot of candles and incense. So now we cut back to Usagi again. There's a reference to the hour of the boar, which is approximately 9 to 11 p.m. Kitsune says she needs to head out and get the after theater crowd. She is, after all, a street performer, so she needs to go earn some money. Says that they, uh, the drunks are very generous and easily amused, so it's a good time when Usagi and Gen remark that it's, you know, it's awful late. Well, plus the boss is still looking for you. She's like, ah, posh posh, he'll never find me. So she heads out, leaving Gen and Usagi to talk a little bit. And we see that uh, Usagi agrees. Uh, Gen says that, you know, something's up. I don't trust her. We we should go out and see what she's doing uh, to protect her, but also because I don't trust her. So they head out. They follow her down to the uh, manufacturing part of town next to a dye shop, D-Y-E. And I assume that is dye clothing, not like dye machinery dye. And certainly not to be killed, die, D-I-E. But yeah, I think it's clothing, die, D-Y-E. So she's waiting for somebody and they're watching her. We see another individual who turns out to be the little dude that earlier was reporting to the boss that uh, Kitsune had not been found or his lucky talisman had not been found and Kitsune had been lost. So that same dude is now meeting with Kitsune um, across a, a fence. He's on one side, she's on the other, and they're talking to each other back and forth so that, well, first of all, I guess, so they don't, they're not seen together, but also, I think, so that they don't see each other and ultimately cannot describe the other to someone should they be captured or something. But they're talking. Gen and Usagi are talking. We, we can hear both conversations as the audience. Finally, not being able to hear what's going on, knowing that she is talking to somebody, Gen decides to circle around and get to the other side of that fence to see who it is while Usagi stays and watches Kitsune. So conversation continues. We see that he is the one, the uh, retainer for Boss Sohaku, is the one who had hired Kitsune to steal Boss's lucky talisman. Now they're making arrangements to pay and retrieve the merchandise. They're going to reconvene tomorrow night when Kitsune has the talisman and Dude has the money because they didn't, neither brought an indicated item to this meeting. Gen gets back around the other side of the fence just as the conversation finishes. He sees the dude running off with a hood over his head and in the pursuit is waylaid by some drunks allowing the dude to get away. He doesn't know. Gen doesn't know where he went. Usagi, watching Kitsune, sees that a cadre of boss's men catch up with her. So he jumps out to protect her and is identified 
as the one that killed or took part in the killing of two of the three of the boss's men that caught up with Kitsune earlier. That third dude that escaped apparently is in this group and he's identified Usagi now as, hey, you know, that's dude that I was telling you about. So Isugi, Isugi, excuse me, Usagi and Kitsune are now trapped as they are being surrounded by boss's men. He decides to try to hide in the dye shop breaks down the door, tells Kitsune to run out the back door as he holds off the men, but someone has circled around and blocks the back door from Kitsune. She knocks him out, and we don't... uh, Well, no, we do see. Uh, She knocks him out. We cut back to the front where Usagi is dispatching the men one by one by one by one until finally something happens and the loft, the storage loft of the die shop, the support gets knocked out. I guess Usagi was shoved back into it. And so that overhead support falls with all of those buckets of die, uh, most of them full, crashing down on Usagi, maybe a couple of the men. But afterwards, there's just a big mess where half of the room has collapsed here. And everybody is saying, well, nobody could have survived that. We'll just go back and tell the boss, you know, that he was killed because I'm not digging in there. So without checking, they decide to go tell the boss that Usagi was killed. Kitsune did get out the back door, but didn't get out far enough. She is run down by several more of the boss's men. The boss, having heard that they had the people pinned and they were about to capture him and all that kind of stuff, has come out to the scene to uh, finalize, to watch over whatever happens with them. And so he is there when Kitsune is finally captured and says that they'll, uh, they'll make her talk uh, back, at the, back at the home base. And so that ends part one. There's going to be a part two. The back cover shows Usagi with a spear. uh, Very, very nice standing on the edge of a bluff with a bird uh, flying kind of in the background next to him. I guess alluding to the fact that he's up high. So pretty cool, quick little story. Uh, Kitsune, I always like Kitsune. uh, So much so that I have two cats and one of the cats is named Kitsune. My wife named the other one. I got to name that one, so... Um, let's see what we've got by way of lingo here. They threw out words like sake, which we know, rice wine, kitsune, which is a, uh, a character from Japanese mythology and myth. It's a nine-tailed fox. It's a trickster fox. It's a trickster god. It's, you know, kind of the Japanese equivalent of Loki, if you will, if you're familiar with Loki. If not, I apologize. Uh, kitsune is just a, is a, is a trickster. And the hour of the boar, which is 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. And then Oborozuke, which is shroud-covered moon. That was a little hard to find uh, definitions or anybody speaking of it because apparently there's been several songs released with that title. And that was most of what was coming up when I was Google searching without having to drill down to like 8th and ninth degree search. Um, it was all music and music videos and whatnot with the title Oborozuke. But it is, again... Uh, defined it as the shroud-covered moon, and it is the title of the story. If anybody has any more information about, you know, why, what the connections between this story, this type of story, and that would be, let me know. Uh, Perhaps we'll find out in another couple episodes, because uh, next episode will be the next color reprint, which is the first issue of the next color volume entitled, let's see, what is it? Wanderer's Road. And then we will come back 
for issue 51 of this third volume. So a couple episodes of the show and we'll find out. But in the meantime, if someone knows why a shrouded moon would be significant, I, I can't imagine it's just a throwaway title. So leave me some feedback and let me know before I, I record that episode and seemingly find out on my own. Get some feedback from you guys. That'd be cool. So I think that's everything that I have. Um, as I said, next episode I will be talking about the first issue of Wanderer's Road, which is the second volume of the full-color reprints of the original black and white, very, very early issues of Usagi. A quick look here, and it looks like Wanderer's Road picks up with uh, volume one, issue number seven, The Tower. That is the first issue of Wanderer's Road. That volume of color reprints is six books, and it looks like it reprints issues 7 through 12 of the first volume, which would be the Fanographics volume. So that is where the color reprints are going to be going next. But issue 7 um, of the first volume will be that reprinting that we talk about in Wanderer's Road next episode. Talk to you guys then. Ciao.